Hi everyone, I'm Barkha and uh, the story that I want to share with you all from my childhood is from when I was 18 months old. Now of course I have no memory okay. of <laughs> the incident actually happening uh, but I remember my parents told me about it when I was probably in fourth or fifth grade um, and I remember telling to myself after listening to that story boy, I must be lucky. <laughs> uh, that's what I said to myself. Um, so when I was 18 months old, um, my mom, my older brother and I, uh, we were visiting my grandparents' house. And this was in a very small town in India. It was outside of the city that we lived in. Um, and one morning I was playing with my brother. Um, he had some exciting new red shoes that grandma presented to him. Um, and somehow when we were playing, uh, the shoe slipped off and so one of his shoe slipped off from the balcony on the floor and then he started really you know crying about it making a big fuss about it and my mom started helping me uh, helping him and I was a baby I leaned over too and the next moment I slipped I slipped from the balcony down on the ground on the concrete floor and um, I can't even imagine what my mom would have gone through in the next 24 hours after that um, but the doctors told my parents that um, it was a miracle that I survived. Um, it was also an even bigger miracle that I survived without any disability. So um, I think after I learned about this, um, I was really filled with an immense sense of gratitude for, um, for my life, for the second chance that I had uh, at life. And I guess that has stuck on with me. Um, I have grown to be a very positive person. Um, I mean, uh, I always look at the brighter side of things and I'm always um, uh, also very persistent. I'm a fighter. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't give up easily, and in general, I'm always grateful for the little things in life. So. What color were the shoes? Red. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is with, like you take us right there, and like this is a serious thing. And you know, you might share a story about like in an interview, like what's a trait I'm optimistic. Boy, when you add that childhood evidence to it, it's like the why, the who we are. You know, it, that is the shaping of that, and. <laughs> Um, and boy, you know, makes us be grateful for that small miracle as well. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm Robin. Um, my story is about um, when I was six years old, right about six. Um, I had a brother who's seven years older than me, and we had a neighbor boy that was about his age. And we would play out front in our yard, and they liked to go into the woods and find snakes and things. And you know, it's the 70s and I had my high water pants and my shirt all tucked in and just the, you know, the little kindergartner um, trying to keep up with the boys. And um, the neighbor boy took the snake that they found and put it down my shirt. Mm. And um, just the trauma of it all, I couldn't get it out because my shirt was tucked in and my brother came and helped me. And so this is kind of a two part story. So there's that experience that I had. And then several months later, I was with my friend, and we were um, with her dad walking through trails, and there was a dead snake on the path. Well, right away, I'm, you know, 
terrified of the snake and my friend was teasing me saying oh it's dead why are you worried about this don't be a baby and her dad moved the snake out of the way so I could go down the path but I feel like the trauma every time I see a snake or anything like that and so I guess my takeaway from this is I feel like maybe it made me have more empathy for people um we don't know what people's background or experiences were so sometimes people have things that have happened to them in the past that affect what they're doing today so if I see someone reacting like what I might think is ridiculous or not a normal reaction I think I have the ability to kind of step back and say well we don't know what's happened to them in their life so that's kind of my feeling and and take away from that experience what an awesome wouldn't you want to have her on your team i mean and that is dale carnegie calls the principal try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view and also the number 18 is about you know being sympathetic to the other person and uh, you're living that so clearly if we can just you know this brings it alive vividly like what's their snake or whatever it is it just helps us to not criticize and you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. What, gosh, the rest of the principles are going to come so easily if you've already got that open-minded foundation. Hi, I'm Uni, and um, I played piano competitively for about 13 years of my life. Um, I started piano, playing piano when I was five, and I started competing in competitions when I was about nine. And I would. Ever since I started competing, I would always place honorable mention, third place, some sort of placement, but never first. So one year, me and my piano teacher decided we're going to take a really, really hard piece. It was this beautiful Mozart piece, and I spent 10 months perfecting this piece. Um, And everything came down to one day, and we walk into the church where the competition is, and I see three other girls from the same studio, and me, and one other girl, and we all perform, and we are just waiting and my turn comes i think i did wonderfully i come down i look at my mom and she gives me her like tiger mom like yes you did good and then the judge announces her decisions and i didn't even place at all ever since i started competing piano i had never not placed and so i held my composure we got in the car and as soon as i got home i started bawling my eyes out and 30 seconds later my piano teacher calls me and says are you okay like that was like a surprise to me too but at this point I'm crying so hard that she can't even like keep a conversation with me so she said okay calm down like we'll talk at the next piano lesson everything will be okay and I was like wow 10 months down the drain like what a waste of time but my piano teacher says don't worry there's next year we're gonna go back maybe this time we don't do Mozart but I said you know what I've thought about my learnings from this and I found that I really enjoy Mozart I enjoy the music I'm gonna take what I learned from that piece not make the same mistake again and go back with another Mozart piece next year the next year I went back and Lord behold, I won first place, got to go perform, and this taught me that I'm accepting a failure and willing to try to take those learnings and apply them in the future. Wow. You know what? Uh, you're also brave to choose a, a failure or a disappointment to share with us. And, you know, it's back to that vulnerability. When we're willing to just be real with people that it's not always about the first place and how first place meant so much more to Uni because she had to earn it. Uh, That's kind of like that hero's arc as well that you're demonstrating and and just really great storytelling and the emotion and also what your character is. Thank you.
Catherine, um, when I was 14 years old, I grew up in China, by the way. Um, my parents moved me, uh, sent me to a high school, a new high school, the top high school in our province. Uh, they are hoping me, they were hoping me to go to a very good college. Uh, but the high school was very competitive and most of the students, um, they graduated actually from the same, uh, school, the, the middle school. Uh, they were classmates before and they knew each other. I was completely new there. I didn't know if I was going to catch up and they actually had the four years in their middle school versus my education system in my prior city was three years for the middle school. I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, they learn one more year than me. Am I going to catch up? Am I going to fail here? It turned out to be that uh, it was uh, a failure for the first half year. I was so nervous, so stressed out. I didn't have friends. I'm like, I didn't can get along, like can kind adjust myself into the culture there. My parents almost like give up on me. They were like, oh, we were graded sending you to that school. But the head teacher in that school was very encouraging. The first day she saw me, um, she was like, I knew you were the top students in your prior uh, middle school. This is something new. And I know you're smart. You're going to catch up. And she actually had uh, several private tutoring with me and I for some reason I was really inspired by her and also I gradually made new friends and built some confidence and I worked very hard and studied very hard and I caught up like after a year and which turned out to be I went to a very good college in China and that story kind of you know that experience made me think in my um, you know for my, for both my life and my work there's difficult times in your life or difficult time for your work just don't give up easily um, hard working will be rewarded do you remember your teacher's name I do um, uh, her name is Shi Li in Chinese. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's um, funny how a, a lot of times that defining moment, a favorite teacher, you know, however many years later, we still remember the people who were a turning point for us. And it's a great example for us as leaders of what kind of impact we can make on somebody on our team or, you know, by seeing the potential and giving them that encouragement to blossom and become their best that, you know, 20, 30 years later that they'll still remember. Beautiful. Hey everyone, this is Eugene from WIFM. <laughs> uh, uh, so basically, uh, my story is uh, uh, when I was back in my teens, probably like 15 or 16 years old, and there should be some context to it. So basically, in Russia, military service is mandatory, so everybody has to go. And it was like back when uh, Soviet Union collapsed, so there was not really a country and the most thrilling experience for the man was to go basically to the army for that service because like people would come back damaged like they would come back disabled like it, it, it was worse than a jail like literally your parents would say hey like you don't play soccer that much you hit the ball with your head you get stupid you go to the army so that was like something um, that, that happens and basically um, I was prepping the, the only way you could avoid going is you either get a PhD or you become an officer or you have health conditions. So basically, I was prepping for a college, uh, and I had a professor who was study, uh, who was helping me out, and then there was my friend. We were like studying together, and then I remember one of those days we were sitting in the hallway and we we're playing this like small like black and white cell phone, and he stops by. And he says, <clears throat> and then in army you always address by the last name. So he says, Sidorin. 
Yakovlev don't play cell phone they don't they don't take to the army with bad vision and then he lives without like even smiling and like so uh, two things that I've learned first thing is that there are people with very sophisticated sense of humor uh, the second piece is that uh, it's super important to not overstress uh, in many cases, so it's kind of like you can, you should accept, you should relax. It, it usually it helps, and it doesn't uh, push you to do things that make things even worse. So these are my two learnings from that one. Well, and you demonstrated that perfectly by doing like our kind of inside joke of WIFM, like just <laughs> relax. It makes the audience have fun, and we all chuckle, but when you saw us, you know, a lot of times we can get nervous right before we give a talk. How did you, how did maybe that change for you when you did that and we all laughed? How did it make you feel? It relaxes. So. Yeah, yeah, it's contagious. You know, a lot of times we think when the audience has fun, then I'll have fun. And Eugene demonstrated when we go first and we try a little brave or creative start, then, then it comes back and the audience is more receptive. So my name is Len. So uh, when I was a child, my parents asked myself to manage my little account with cash. Um, because similar to you asked, like parents propel the Christmas gift for all your kids in China, like the, all the parents and the relatives kind of used to giving the lucky money to all the kids. So I kind of accumulated, accumulated. I have pretty good, decent personal accounts. So my parents trust me to manage that. But one day they discovered a receipt of 500 bucks on the MP3 back in kind of 15, 18 years ago. So that's a huge amount like spent at my age. So they were really mad at me. Uh, but I'm also mad with them because they just come into my room without asking, me, um, without asking my permission and then you know find out something in my table. So I'm really angry with them. So we don't talk to each other for two weeks. And then after that, they came to me to say, okay, I've dis we've decided, so instead of giving you cash for going forward, we will give you like the one year, three year fixed deposit. So that is we better than I expected because I saw they would just take all my money away without giving me back. Um, so I, I'm also kind of be very frank with them just by telling them. So I know it's crazy, you know, spend such a large amount of money on something really um, not worthwhile from their age. But I think those things are really cool and I like technology, I, it's interested. And most of the times I can be pretty reasonable and managing my account. So I think from this story, you can see I really like technology. And I like money, so Microsoft. <laughs> so Microsoft Finance is a perfect job for me. Um, and also, I learned from my parents. So uh, instead of escalating the issues, they were taking step back, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, without can choose to trust me. So I think that is kind of something I learned from them. Great. You know, actually, it's interesting. One of I feel like I've learned so much as a parent from childhood stories too. I like there's a couple, so thank you. This one is so important. I think it's a tendency parents have that if you behave, then 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 it's like you lose freedom. And there's a couple stories that I've heard over the years. Saying like one somebody like a kid broke the toy, and parents ended up buying him a nicer, expensive one. 
And he was like shocked, you know, kind of like this. It was like the opposite you would expect, punishment. And I think what it is, it's like that fine reputation to live up to, that we have a choice in how we react. And, you know, this is a leadership, maybe not even parenting, you know, same idea that we can learn from that is how do we not, I love how you said, not escalate it, but like a different reaction than expected is usually really memorable and often makes the other person like become more responsible versus like the more power and responsibility you give them, usually the better they act. I love this. It's a beautiful memorable story. Thank you. Hey everyone, my name is Daniel. Um, growing up, I uh, was a bit of an adventurous kid. I uh, have a couple of scars uh, as well as a chipped tooth to boot as evidence of that. Um, there is one particular story that comes to mind, however, um, and it's because I grew up in Taiwan and around uh, this time of year, it's Lunar New Year's or Chinese New Year's, and so a particular story comes to mind, and it relates to fireworks. Um, I was probably, I, I want to guess, thinking like either eighth grade or, or freshman year, and at this time of year, everyone just, they go buy fireworks, they play with it, and I was playing with the bottle rocket, um, had the adventurous mindset. A freak accident occurred where the bottle rocket actually slipped inside the glass bottle from where you launched the rocket. And obviously the initial reaction is, oh my gosh, it's going to shatter, everyone ducks. Nothing happens. The firework does explode, but nothing happens. The glass doesn't break. It's like, huh, what if we try it again? <laughs> so go and put another bottle rocket, this time intentionally causing it to fall in the bottle. Thankfully, my dad, who just happened to see this happen from up uh, above on the, on the rooftop, was like, get away, what are you doing? So I duck. This time, the glass does shatter and sends glass pieces everywhere. I have a scar on my cheek as a result. Um, the result of this, though, is I think after that point in time, I became a very conservative and very reserved person, pursuing a path of finance and accounting, <laughs> um, contrary to my passion in around computers and computer science. Um, and that really defined who I was in my 20s. Um, however, since then, I've begun a path of rediscovery and realized that I actually do have another side of me that I can open up. And really, what this tells me is I am a person that can change at any time um, and rediscover who I am. You know, one thing that Daniel did great, too, is he customized this for the audience. That, you know, this story is all finance people, and you all chuckled and loved that part. And uh, when we find, when we customize something to the audience, that's a way of talk in terms of their interest. Sometimes that's in the what's in it for me, but sometimes it's in like, what's their interest? And what do they find relatable and curious and uh, along their hobbies or specialties? So you demonstrate that well too.